Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tuttle Better Parenting Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her innovative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of energy profiling, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol's hope is that you will be able to say, I am a better parent thanks to Carol Tuttle and what she teaches. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. morning and welcome to today's show. We're coming into spring and it's obvious here in Utah, which is great, although we are having a late snowfall, but it melts very quickly and I'm very excited. I love the seasons and I love the renewal that we experience as we come into springtime. It's just a sense of renewal for our beings, for our families, for all of life and I really appreciate how nature supports us in really going through these cycles of life. So I'm really grateful and looking forward to the springtime. I have a really great topic for today. The topic I want to talk to you about is how do you measure your success as a parent? I'm going to point out some of the the ways that will set you up for frustration for you and your children and some healthier ways that will help you support yourself in really keeping an eye on your standard of success and being able to really evaluate your success from a place that's much more user-friendly, let's say. But before I get into today's topic, I want to make a few quick announcements. We've got some exciting things going on in my world of business. If you're a follower of mine on Facebook, you're aware that we are getting ready to move our physical location that we have here in Utah to a new location in the next couple weeks, we're going to be hosting a grand opening. We will be opening the all-new Dressing Your Truth store and salon. And our grand opening is March 31st. It's going to be very exciting because this new space is much bigger. It's very beautiful. We have space for a store, a very beautiful boutique store, a Dressing Your Truth store, a new, improved, bigger, and more beautiful salon, hair salon. And then we have a dedicated event space that we will host events at. And then it also houses our offices for the business side of our business. But on March 31st, we're hosting our grand opening from 6 to 9 p.m. It will be a really fun evening. And to join us, our new location is 4161 North Thanksgiving Way, Suite 204 in Lehigh, Utah. If you do live in Utah, if you're driving on I-15 past either going north or south, in that general area, we are just north of Thanksgiving Point to the west side of the freeway, and you'll actually see a big banner that we've just hung yesterday on the side of the building, the front of the building actually, and you'll see my face on it, and it's announcing the store. And so from 6 to 9 p.m. on March 31st, join us for our grand opening. And then also the following week, every night that week, from April 2nd through April 7th, well, let me, let me back up, from April 2nd through April 6th, Monday through Friday, we have special events every evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Monday night we're hosting a You're a Jam party where we're going to be helping you with accessories in your wardrobe. Tuesday night is What is Dressing Your Truth? I'm going to be speaking briefly. I'll also be hosting a meet and greet. We'll be handing out free copies of my book, Discover Your Personal Beauty Profile, on Tuesday night. On Wednesday night, it's our perfect hair party where our stylist, Emily Price, will be available to share some of her greatest tips about creating a hairstyle you love. And then on Thursday, 
we're hosting From the Inside Out, where I'm going to be talking about my book, Remembering Wholeness. And that evening, we're giving away free copies of that book. And that's my best-selling book. We've sold over 70,000 copies of Remembering, of Remembering Wholeness, so I'd love to share a copy with you. Friday night, we're hosting All Dolled Up from 68 p.m., so we're going to help you with makeup that night. And then on Saturday, from 11 to 1, because it's Easter weekend, we're going to have Easter Egg Surprise. And we're handing out Easter eggs that have little surprises in them. So lots of fun things going on. For those of you that are not in our area, we're going to be launching some new things online. We never forget about, I mean, our online audience, obviously, is our bigger audience. So stay tuned. We've got some awesome things coming up for you as well when we launch some new things online on the Dressing Your Truth website. So excited about all that. That is so exciting to me because we're growing. We're, we have a goal to share my beauty profiling course, which we are now giving away for free. The online beauty profiling course is available for free. You do have to subscribe to our email series at dressingyourtruth.com. And we're giving away the free the online course for free. This is something we've normally sold for $39 because we want to reach, our goal is to reach 100,000 women to teach them their beauty profile. And so that's our mission. So we've, start, we've decided to give away the course for free. And our Dressing Your Truth Club members have recently been given a link to share with loved ones, friends, and family a link that will allow you to buy the whole Dressing Your Truth program for just $99. And we normally sell this for $297. So for $99, so if you know, if you don't know someone that's an existing Dressing Your Truth Club member, jump on the Dressing Your Truth fan page on Facebook. It's just facebook.com forward slash Dressing Your Truth. And somebody there, somebody on that page will share with you a link. You can also follow me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Carol Tuttle. So, lots of announcements. Thanks for your patience as I get through all that because I'm very, very excited about it. So let's start talking about today's topic. How do you measure your success as a parent? Now, this caught my attention due to a book that's gotten a lot of press lately and a lot of attention, a lot of controversy in a manner. A lot of stirred a lot of people up, and that's the Tiger Mom book. I don't know the full title. I guess I could look it up, but it was written by a mother who has an Asian background. She wasn't raised in Asia, though. She just has an Asian American background, and she wrote a book on the philosophy that the um, of the Asian parenting method was superior and that children from that culture turned out more successful because of the methods, the methodology that they employed to raise their children. Now, I thought that was fascinating because in, in saying that, they're suggesting that they're more successful in their parenting approach. But the irony of it all, it's Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother. That's the title of the book. But the whole philosophy is on the... They're basing their success on one measurement. How much does my child achieve in life? What are their achievements? What are they capable of achieving and producing in results? So it's creating um, a parenting methodology that literally, over you know, in a manner, personally, I don't agree with the philosophy. I'm appalled by it, quite honestly. And that's why I'm doing the show when I realize that a lot of parents base their their measurement of success on their child's achievements. How much is my child achieving? What kind of grades are they getting? How are they doing in sports? What kind of musician are am I creating that you know am I infusing in them to be? It's all based on high achievements. And I thought that's ridiculous. That's that's adult. That that's why I have a job in a healing practice to help adults heal their wounded child, because they were never loved for just being them. They were sent the message, I love you because of what you do. 
and I won't love you if you don't do a lot. And that's nuts to me because I see the aftermath of that. And literally thousands and thousands of adults, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of adults' lives have I seen, what does that parenting approach get us? And why is that a standard of measurement? So you feel better about yourself because you have this high-achieving child. And if you were to look at the parenting books, and like, for example, on Amazon, and what sells, I'm really fascinated by this because you've got all this mindset on how to create children that are at the top of, I'll just name some of the titles, top of the class, how Asian parents raise high high achievers. And you can too. Uh, another one, positive pushing, how to raise a successful and happy child. These must be written by type 3 and type 4 parents, that's all I'm saying. You know, a lot of emphasis on trying to get your child to be a high-achieving human being. Now, my philosophy is when you raise a child true to their nature, they'll naturally strive for success within their own natural gifts because as their natural gifts are nurtured, developed, and infused with love, that naturally propels them to go to really live life in its fullest in a way that's natural and effortless for them. That they want to explore the use of their gifts. They want to express their true nature in ways and means that are really compatible for who they are. And it takes away this need for a parent to instill in or make sure they are, in a manner, it goes from the energetics of force to allowing and to support. So the battle hymn of the tiger mother is an energetic energy of forcing your child, shaming your child. Uh, you know, really, the whole approach is very wounding in its quality to just force. It's a very forceful energy versus a loving, compelling, allowing, supportive energy. And the difference is, if you were to look at Mother Nature, this is the ultimate system of allowing growth, allowing abundance, allowing what what in the world of nature is success, where all things in nature are designed to reach their full potential. And they're all supported in it. So if Mother Nature were to force a seed to grow, it wouldn't grow. If it gives it all the right nutrients, the sunlight, the nutrients of the soil, the right setting, that seed grows and blossoms and becomes what it's designed to be naturally and to bear fruit, which is what we want our children to then that they grow into healthy, happy adults that bear the fruit of making a contribution to our humanity. You know, to me, that's my measurement as a parent. Number one, are my children happy? Well, I'm going to back up. I'd say number one, do my children know who they are and accept themselves? That's my, That would be my number one criteria. Do my children know who they are, their true nature, and do they love and accept it? Now I look at my five children, and I can say yes. Now I've had a couple that have struggled with it. Ironically, my type ones, and I say it's ironic because I don't think it's unique. I think it's universal in the type one world that adult, type one adults, the bright, animated, upward light, unstructured, spontaneous, playful energy, that energy gets hit pretty hard when you are transitioning from childhood teen to adult years. The tendency is to say, I've got to grow up now and get more serious. So both my type 1 children have struggled in their early adult years to truly embrace, accept, and allow their type 1 nature to lead the show, to lead their lives. 
just recently had a chat with my son Mario, who's a type 1. And he's in a transitional phase right now. He's moving from being kind of getting by in life to really owning his life, really transitioning into his adult life, being responsible, embracing his life, choosing success for himself, really seeing the vision of who he can be, but knowing he has to go through steps to get there. And we realized last week we had a conversation, and I said he was coming up against some blocks, and he was really frustrated. And I said, oh, my goodness, I see what you're doing. His secondary is a type 4. I said, your type 1 was sent the message so profusely because he wasn't my child for the first 15 years. He's adopted. And in his previous environment, the message was embedded deeply within him that he cannot succeed with who he truly is. It's like it's never good enough. It's never the right thing. You always make the wrong choice. You're a failure. And his type 1 energy had been, and that had been literally wrapped in that. And we did some clearing work. I helped him release that. I said, what's happening now that you really are choosing to show up in your adult life? Your type 4 is trying to take over. And your type 1 is getting put in the corner saying, "Mm, you don't know what to do. You're not smart enough. I said, you're not going to want to move forward. You're not going to want to be successful as an adult because your true self is not being allowed to lead the experience. He got that. He embraced it. I saw him last night. I said, how's that going? Oh, it's so much better. I'm really letting myself be who I am. And that secondary nature, my type 4 nature, which is much more structured, much more... um, just you call it a more serious energy really because it's more structured more linear says i feel that supporting now and he's going to have to continue to create new habits with that so my number one criteria would be do my children know who they are their true nature and do they love and embrace it and i'm really happy to say that all my children are on their way with that and they get themselves they love themselves and then my second criteria would be Are they using their natural gifts, because every type comes with a natural gift, several natural gifts, which are ironically because of bad parenting in the world of the adults I work with, because parents, now not bad parenting based on the, it's not conscious bad parenting, it's unconscious bad parenting, meaning children are led to believe their natural gifts are actually a weakness or a flaw, to not trust them. So I know I've done a good job. As a parent, if I have taught my children how to start, how to optimize their natural gifts into their different functions in life, the extracurricular activities that they're engaged in, the role they play in the family, the chores and how they approach their chores, am I aligning what I'm asking them to do in life and supporting them in doing in their extracurricular to really develop their natural gifts so that they, on their own, once they've left my environment, are able to pursue and to make choices to engage in activities, experiences that they naturally offer their gift and they create success. And that is huge because if you're not doing that, And you wonder, why is my child not achieving? Why are they not achieving high at a higher level? Well, probably because you're not engaging their natural gifts in experiences that allow them to thrive. And then number three, are the things that I think are important really important? Now, I'm going to use school for an example. I have five children. Each of them experienced something very different in their school environment. My oldest daughter, my type 1 daughter, she did, she did you know, she worked hard. She had average to um, strong marks in her classes and grades. And she went on to college and succeeded in her chosen degree of vocal performance uh, as a soprano vocalist. And she excelled in that because that was a natural gift for her. So when she got onto the college level, she was really able to thrive. Now, there were certain areas that she struggled in that weren't her 
her uh, her music theory and anything that had more left brain orientation, she always kind of struggled with because she's much more right brain, more creative, a creative energy, and a type one energy. And so, you know, she learned not to make that a measurement that she needed to worry about. It's like, hey, I just got to get the best the best grade I can get to pass this because it's not where my strength lies in this program. But I need to be able to do the best. So she wasn't held at a the same standard on everything because it's like, yeah, that one you're not naturally as strong on. Don't, you know, if you get a C, C plus, whatever, good for you. You've really done well. Now my next son, he was not interested in the school system and how it's designed. It did not engage his creative entrepreneurial mind. And he showed us many ways that he was engaged by life, but it wasn't school. So we kind of backed off by his end of his sophomore, definitely by his junior year in high school, and said, okay, you figure this out, we're here for you, but obviously you're not someone that, you know, is really drawn to really applying yourself in the classroom under this system's um, structure. And so I think the system didn't engage Chris. It didn't support his greatest talent, which is a much more entrepreneurial approach to things. He went on to do a couple of years of college, wasn't his thing. He's now the CEO of my company and one of the most brilliant entrepreneurial minds and, and talents that I could ever put in that role. He's amazing. That young man is constantly learning. He's engaged by learning all the time because of the things he cares about, and he found no sense in having to study a lot of stuff he knew he was never going to use. Now, my next, uh, my next daughter, Annie, who many of you know, she was just naturally, school was easy for her. It was no big deal. She graduated from college in three years. She knew what she had to do. Very effortless. So we supported her in that effortlessness. And then my youngest, uh, my two youngest sons, Mark, who's a type four. I'd say Annie and Chris are type twos. See, so you couldn't say that those two type twos had the same school experience. They were completely opposite. And maybe it was their secondaries. Chris is a two four. Anne is a two three. But the um, experience of my son, Mark, who's a type 4, it was very, for type 4s, it's all or nothing with school. So they've got a, if it's all, they do, it's easy, they do very well. If it's nothing, because they just don't like the environment, they're not interested, they're not engaged. So our type 4 was engaged, he figured it out, it was easy, he did very well. Um, my youngest son, Mario, a type 1, he struggled in school. He's going back to college. He's going to figure a way out to do it that's true to his type 1 nature because he knows he can, and he's very excited about that. So, And it's taken him a little longer because he goes in and out of college. He hasn't stuck with it. It's He does a little bit. He connects, disconnects, and that's fine. That's just how type 1s can be late bloomers with these kind of moving into their adult life because they really need to be given permission to stay true to themselves because their adult life's not going to look very engaging when they're not able to stay true to themselves. So and I gave that example because each of my children were successful, perfect for their experience because they didn't measure the success on the grades. It was, were they, my, my question was, are they living more true to themselves and how do we support them in making the most of this? and really getting on life tracks that help them be successful without me putting what I think success looks like looks like on them or what culture or religion or family systems have decided this is what success is. So you really need to take a look and evaluate what you consider success. What measurement are you pitting your child against that may be contrary to their well-being and their true nature and designed for happiness and success? What standards are you holding them against that may be contrary for them? And I would love for anyone to call in today that's getting ahas, epiphanies, and oh my gosh, I'm doing that, just to hear some examples. And anyone that's listening to the recording, to please share with me through email, parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Please write in your ahas. I'm in the process of writing a book right now. And this is one of the sections that I'm going to include in the book. So I'd love to hear from some parents that have some examples of this is what I was 
measuring my success as a parent, and this is what I expected from my child, and I realized that standard I had set up for them was contrary to their nature, and I felt like a failure because they weren't able to match the standard I had in place. I changed the standard. They're now succeeding, and now I feel like I'm succeeding as a parent. So you get you get the formula here I'm talking about. And I'd love to hear some of your stories on how that's changing for you. So please contribute your stories to parenting at liveyourtruth.com because we could use a few for my book that will be coming out this fall, 2012. So that's a great subject for you to, to really explore more with, to look at yourself and your parenting experience. And I'd love for each of you to take some time this week to write down two or three items, two or three things that you can identify that are your measurement of success, good, bad, whatever. What are they? Let's say three. Write down three. I gave you mine. I gave you my measurements for success. I had three of them. And I want to know what your three are, what you've been doing, not what you want to possibly change to, but what have you been choosing as your standards of success. Then look at where did they come from. Did you inherit them? Did they come from your family system? Have they come from the culture you live in, the bigger culture, you know, human, you know, North modern day culture. Has it come from your ethnic background, like the tiger mom? Has it come from your religious culture? Where are those standards influenced from? And then, are they ones that support your children? Ask yourself that question. Do these standards support my children's true nature? Okay, well, first go through each of your children, because as you're learning, because each of your children have different natures, there are four different types in my energy profiling program, which are succeeding, which do you believe are failing, so then you feel like you're failing as a parent because they're not meeting your standards. Well, is it because what the standard is, is it in conflict or is it contrary to supporting their true nature and what's natural for them. So go through and evaluate each of your children. Then with that information, you can really take an honest look at what do I need to change and maybe my standard needs to be a little different for each child. Because I gave you my example of my children's school experience. If I had one standard for all five of them and that standard looked like you should all be getting A's, in every class, all the time, because you should be able to each achieve a very high level. If that was my standard, everybody, all my children are expected to get A's, you know, the highest marks, then I would have said, could say, three of my children failed, and so I failed as their parent. But I didn't hold that standard over them. It wasn't appropriate. It wasn't conducive to their natural learning experience and what I saw in the bigger picture of who they were, and and I knew the system employed by our school system, the, the, the system that is the most common, which was the, stand, the system my children were involved in. There's a lot more options nowadays, and those are increasingly growing as parents understand that one size does not fit all in school systems, that my children could not succeed in the same one system, but I didn't try and break my children or force them to succeed in it, so I felt better about my parenting. You know, and then, okay, my next question I would have you ask yourself is, how much do I need my children to succeed and achieve at high levels so I feel better about myself? If my children aren't performing at a certain level, what does that stir up in me? What emotional issues does that bring up? What fears does that help have me start looking at? And then I'm projecting that emotional energy on them. So 
why do you you know if you have if you're recognizing that you have standards that are about achievement and performance was that what was put over you was that your experience and now you're passing that on and how has that served you are you able to say i love who i am i know my true nature and i love myself in every way possible because whatever happened to you you're going to see traces of that in your parenting you're going to be recreating the next parenting experience that unconsciously wounds your children if you don't clean up what happened to you cuz you're you're either going to recreate it or you're going to try you're so angry about it and you're so wounded by it you're going to you're going to try and stay so far away from that as a parent that there's not balance in that regard either, that you're still out of balance. So some fun things to look at, and I really encourage you to take time because as you continue to answer these questions, get really truthful with yourself, open the energy up of what's not working to allow more love, more joy to flow into your life because you're letting go of all these structures and rules and beliefs and standards that block out the love and joy, you let go of that stuff, you naturally have a much happier family experience. It's just the natural byproduct. So that was really fun to share with everybody. I hope to hear from some of you, either by calling into the show to tell me what you've learned from this, what's changing, what your stories are, or please submit them to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Okay, I'm going to open the show up for questions. You can call in at 347-677-1963. And I will take your calls now live on the air. As I'm waiting for any callers, if we have any today, I do have some questions that were submitted. They were submitted by sending your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Let me get to those. This came in from a um, type 1 mom. She has a type 4 husband. A daughter who's 4 years old that's a type 2, and a son who's 2 years old that's a type 1. Her first question is, what are some simple personal roles that her type 2 daughter is old enough to be in charge of? Well, she's 4 years old, type 2 children, some simple, you know, just getting yourself dressed in the morning, getting yourself ready for bed. She can start to do simple chores, maybe unload the dishwasher. Depends if you've got, like, knives and stuff and how careful. She's the type 2, so she's going to be careful. Um, just simple things that she can be more methodical about that she's not pushed on. And there's an actual plan for it. She knows what's expected. There's a time that it's expected. Being a type 1 mom, you're probably less structured, and so she needs a little more structure and predictability. She needs a plan, and you need to sit down with her and help her make that plan. What's her plan for getting dressed in the morning? That includes what time does she need to make her bed, put her things away. There needs to be a plan she can follow, because otherwise it's too random. She won't be able to engage. So my sense is here, there's not enough planning for her. You need to do some planning. And her second part of the how can I encourage her to make simple personal goals, rules without it coming across and I'm trying to manage her plan for her? Then give her her plan. Let it go. You know, once you have the plan, don't check on it every little bit of the way. Let her be with it for several days, for a week. Then re- get together again and talk about how's it going. But don't micromanage the plan in the process of the plan because that's really futile for a type 2. You make the plan, now you're managing the plan. Let her manage her plan. Give it to her. Make her respond, you know, it's her plan. Then what are some words I can use that invite her to share her thoughts and feelings with me about family roles while also impressing the fact that she's not in charge of all the rules? 
Um, my sense in the way you're writing your questions is you're coming up against a power struggle with her. And that energy of your type 1 probably has interfered with her ability to get into a flow of life. And so she's not really interested in... She's in, She needs to get into her flow. And she's feeling disrupted in her flow because you're type 1 energy. So she's just in a power struggle with you. She's frustrated because she's not feeling that she can flow with her life because your nature is to be more random and distracted at times. And so she just... All the power struggles are just a red flag to say, Mom, I'm stressed out. So I don't even think it's about the things you think it's about. Those are just ways she's trying to get your attention. She's trying to get your attention about, Mom, I'm stressed because I don't feel like I can flow in my life because I feel things jump all over the place and I need more flow. So that would be my answer overall to what I'm seeing in your question. This came in from um, a mom named Carrie. She says, thanks, Carol. Just listen to this. I have an almost three-year-old daughter who I'm still trying to type her. I think she's a type one and type three, very independent, very creative, very capable. I've been working on her chakras this last week and trying to help her clear patterns that I think I've caused her to create. The more I learn, the more I feel so sad for setting her up for a frustrating second year. I really fed into the terrible two label and I feel I've been so unfair. How can I clear my, her birth experience? That was scary and threatening, and help her feel more safe and secure in her experience. Will the chakra healing be enough? Thank you for your help. I want, to ha- I want her to have every opportunity for success at every age in her life from here on out. Thank you, Carrie. That's awesome. Your intents are amazing because you have that intention. You'll continually, you'll just be prepared that you're going to continually be shown where you're not succeeding that, or where you're off, where your approach is not supportive just because your intention, intention is so strong. So just be willing to keep learning. I'm going to suggest you pick up a copy of my four CD um, audio training called Clear Your Birth Issues. You can find it at caroltuttle.com. Maybe it's a two-hour Excuse me. It's a two-hour CD program. It is available on audio CD. You can buy it at caroltuttle.com. It's an awesome... It will give you every little piece and part you need to know on how to clear your birth, how to help your children clear their birth energy. And for those of you that are new to energy healing, birth is our first trauma experience. It sets in place a pattern of struggle that we can play out in varying degrees depending on our birth experience. So clearing your birth energy really frees up your life energy to not keep playing out all the scenarios of your birth. And what's fascinating is in the audio, I go over every birth scenario possible and how that looks in patterns in adults' lives. If you had this, for example, if you're a cesarean, you probably have a pattern of I have to make life harder than it is because I didn't come in the hard way. See, so we identify every little birth experience and how that's now energetically still running and the pattern it's employing in your adult life or your children's life. So clearing your birth energy is a big, big, big supportive way to free up your life force energy to that, that energy available to create amazing things because that energy is locked into these patterns and you free it up it's available to you to create amazing things in your life so check out that cd everybody at caroltuttle.com and go ahead and buy that for yourself my next question came in from rachel it says hi carol i'm a type 2 3 and i deeply appreciate all that you do i feel like i finally have permission to be me and flow at my own pace this information has caused such a beautiful shift in my life and I know it will only get better. My question is on the topic of time. I have always needed a lot of downtime at the end of the day. When this goes extreme, I can stay up pretty late just winding down. Then I feel unbalanced because I'm tired the next day, not too relaxing. It can also take 
me quite a bit of time to fall asleep. Is this a type 2 thing or something that has been cleared, that has to be cleared? I was born three weeks past my due date, and I've heard you say that a person's relationship with time can be affected by their birth. I'm about to order your Clearing Birth Issues CD to help me with that. I also have been living in my secondary three for a long time and have perceived my type 2 movement as slow. I still catch myself falling into that, though. I'm coming to love my two-ness more and more each day. Any tips you have on this topic would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for your time. Yeah, I'm going to answer this. It was about her adult experience, but it's really important that a, a parents of type 2 children understand this as well because she's pointed out some really valuable things. Now, she was three weeks past her due date, and so she's going to have, Carrie or Rachel, you're going to have this feeling of, I need to catch up. I'm late. I've got to make up for lost time. Because you're going to, the whole due date thing creates a funky energy on our timeline experience, especially if it's something that's been told in your life story a lot. You've been given the feedback, you were late. You were three weeks late. Oh, those three weeks you were late were the worst. You know, if your mom's gone, carried on about that. If you've been fed this feedback off and on through the years that this whole drama about being three weeks late. Well, who created that due date? You know, maybe you were the, 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 the reality is you were perfect. The time you came was perfect because that's the time you came. See, so you have to undo the energetics of being late. You have to clear the due date energy and I teach you how to do that in the clearing your birth issue CD because the truth is you came at the perfect time because that's the time you came so it was perfect so you're going to be running the belief I have to catch up for being so late I'm late I'm behind in life so then you push then you drain yourself then you feel this need oh my gosh I'm a type 2 you're not flowing with life so a lot of your years you've you've been probably pushing through life and not flowing with life. And you said it so beautifully. I have permission to be me and flow at my own pace. So parents of type 2s, are you giving them permission to be them and flow at their own pace? Now, if you're pushing, they're going to regress and they're going to hold back and go slower. So you have this fear, oh my gosh, if I don't push them, they're not going to go at all. No, they're going to create their own flow. But they've not been given a chance to create their own flow. They're not in their own flow. And their own flow is going to be a pace that can get, it can speed up, slow down. You know, it's a flow. It's a, the pace can change, but it's a flow. And the other um, phrase you used that I absolutely loved was, I need time to wind down. All type twos need that, winding down time, going, relaxing time, letting down and so are you giving your children a chance to wind down, to feel a, comfort, a peaceful, comfortable energy within their own being? And if they don't, they're going to feel unbalanced. And are they getting enough sleep? Because type 2s need to have regular sleep habits and be able to wind down in their sleep, and they'll get really grouchy and whiny if they're not getting the support of their sleep and a comfortable space to just wind down. So those are, that's a great question, Rachel. I really appreciate your sending that in. And we've got, it's been great to talk about this birth energy in today's show. I should probably do a show on clearing your children's birth energy. Make a note. I think I'll do that in the future. So I've still got open lines if you want to call in. I only have 14 more minutes, 347-677-1963. So now is the time to call not in 10 minutes, when we only have four minutes left. 347-677-1963. And I have a new policy that I'm going to say with eight minutes or less left in the show, I'm not going to take, I'll take my last live caller, but anything short of that, it gets too tight of the time. It's too... It's not enough time to really support you on a live call, and I'm not able to wrap the show up in the way that I would like to. So that's my new policy for myself, that my last caller will be taken at eight minutes left in the show. And after that, um, no more live calls so that I have um, adequate time to wrap things up and end the show and support you that way. So the lines are still open if someone wants to call in, 
1963. And in the meantime, I have more questions that were submitted via email at parenting at liveyourtruth.com. My next question came in from Deborah, who's a type 1. She's actually noted also that she's been a widow of five years. She has three boys. Her youngest is a 12-year-old who's a type 2. Her middle son is a type 4. She writes, I am taking the energy profiling course in Chakra 7 series. It has only been a few months, and although I'm aware and our home is calmer, I would appreciate any advice you could offer to help me with my youngest type 2 son. He drifts around in his protective bubble, and sometimes I worry that he is not engaging in the world as much as, as is healthy. He is a loving child and very much wants to please the people around him. Ironically, he is alone most of the time because he is very particular with the type of people he will engage in a friendship with. He is incredibly sensitive and has his feelings hurt easily and takes it very personally. I am concerned about his self-esteem development. Should I be or is this just how he will pursue the world? My children and I have moved twice in the past two years and I'm sure it's had a major impact on my youngest as he has had to start a new school each time. These two boys have been without their father for five years now. And any insight or wisdom you can share with me in honoring their true nature in our one-parent home would be very appreciated. Thank you, Christine. Oh, thank you. That's Deborah. So my first hit on this, my first impression is that I want you to consider, Deborah, that your son may be a type 4 with a secondary 2. Now, you've identified your older boy as a type 4. And if you're comparing them, your type, your younger son may not feel initially as a type 4 for you, but you've said some key things here that are, and I'm just kind of picking up on the energy as well as I look, on, I look into this energetically. I do have those skills to look into the energy with my intuitive empathic abilities as a healer. I can look into the energy, and I'm seeing 4-2. Um, I want you to consider that because the two key things you shared with me is that he's not engaging in the world. He's put up a protective bubble, and he's very picky about his friends. Now, he could be a softer version of a type 4, so he's very, very sensitive. But that secondary 2, if he has a secondary 2, he his sensitivity is really high for him. Because what happens when type 4s, or when, when something traumatic happens, they put up protective bubbles or walls. Because they're hurt, they're scared, and they don't want to get hurt again. So that's giving me a big aha. I want you to really consider if this young man is a type 4 with a secondary 2. Now, yes, be concerned because you don't want that protective bubble to block out life. He's had a huge trauma, the loss of his father, the moves. He needs time to process this. He needs time to trust life again. He's a young man. He's only 12. He needs you. You, you Type 1s try to lighten things up, make them not so bad. Type 1 moms try to lighten it up. This is very serious. You need to ground yourself when you're with him. You need to ground and connect. You need to ground. Imagine putting rocks in your root chakra. It's literally your pelvic area. Imagine putting rocks down in your pelvis that ground you. Your nature is going to want to lighten it up for him, help him feel better. You need to ground him, meet him where he is, and hear his hurt. You need to let him open his heart to you. He's closing his heart off because his heart got really hurt with that life experience, and his heart needs to grow from it, learn from it, and rebound from it, and take the lessons from it, and get stronger because of it, and learn that this is, his dad's there, his dad is with him, but He's not feeling his dad's energy because he's bubbling himself. He's per- he's putting up the wall. But his dad, I have this other unique gift that I can connect with those that have passed over. And his dad is there. He's there. He's actually, I can even feel him right now. He really wants to help your son move through this. He really wants to start him start feeling his presence. And his this young man is scared because that any reminder of his dad reminds him that he's not here anymore but he needs to start opening that his dad's here but in a different way his dad's here spirit energetically present but not in physical form but all 
when he feels his dad or he senses his dad, his mind immediately goes to, my dad's gone. His mind needs to be trained to, my dad's here. My dad's here to love me and support me. And it's sad and it hurts because I want my dad to, I want to touch my dad. I want to feel my dad. I want to physically be with my dad. And that's not here there for him now. So lots to work through. Um, you might even want to do a personal coaching session with me. I do do personal coaching. Uh, you can email Christine at LiveYourTruth.com. That's with a K, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E at LiveYourTruth.com. She handles all my sessions. I do do personal coaching. Uh, do a lot. I do one-hour sessions. A lot gets taken care of. A lot, and a lot of healing gets put in, into motion. And it's $299 an hour. So I am available for that. I do um, my prerequisite that you are familiar with energy profiling. You don't have to know your type, but you have to be in the process of coming into that knowledge. Because if you don't know your type, I can help you know. I'll look at your photo. I'll talk to you. I'll know within the first five minutes what type you are in most cases. So if you're having struggles with that, I can help you. Because there's some reason you're blocking that knowing. So um, there you go. I do have a live caller, 208. You're live on the show. Hi, Carol. Hi, who's this? My name is Melissa. I'm a type 1. I've actually called in a couple times. Anyway, um, I I was listening to the first part of your show. I kind of had some questions come up that I've thought about a little bit since I'm a type 1. When I was in school, I got a 4-0. I had straight A's through school. And I was just wondering, is that normal for a type 1? Because I've also got a type 1 daughter well, who is succeeding you, in know, school. Looking back, did, were you expected to? Was that expected of you? Where did that come from? What? Um, That's what I thought about. I, my parents were, neither of my parents got a college education of any kind. And so schooling was really pushed. Like, they both wanted me to do really well in school. And I didn't. Like, I don't hold any resentment toward them about that, but I just wonder if that push... Well, see, regardless regardless of what motive was behind that for you, and you're, is that something that's required of your child? Well, when you asked us to write down what we think is, <laughs> you know, our success, I'm like, yeah, I do base my, you know, success as a parent on her success in school. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> so it is rolling over, and yeah. the question to ask then is that in her highest good? You know, is that really supporting her? Is she going to resent you because of that at some point? Because right. it's just not. You know, kids are coming in too much stronger in their expression of all this than when you know you were born or I was born, especially that it's like they're they're not letting down. It's like you know you're not you're not going to shut me down basically. So. Because right. you're not going to shut me down, I will rebel. That's their choice. It's like, okay. no, I'm not going to let you wound me, so I will rebel. They have a much so, more, you know, if we're not going to get this as parents, if we're not going to line up with who they are, they'll just rebel. That is, the possibility of that is so much more greater in the lives of our children because they're much stronger in who they are and they won't let us do that to them. They won't right. let us wound them. They won't let us repress them and say, you got to be who I need you to be so I feel better about myself. In their subconscious, they've got the program very well built in. That's not my role to make you feel better about yourself. So I'm going to push your buttons and I'm going to rebel to stay true to myself, even though I really don't want to, because I can't conform to your standard that doesn't support me. Mm-hmm. See, so that's that's what will happen with your child that you are less likely to incline to do if you don't really line up with getting straight A's. Is that really natural for my child? Right. Is that what and they so want? Is that like is that a natural thing? Could any type get straight A's or? Yeah, any type could. Like, I would say type ones are less likely to do that in right. all subject areas in a traditional school system. Okay. Because it's too much structure to pull that off. Right. 
Based and I have, those, like, I have a secondary that, four. All that together. So they're in a tradition. They're in a real, your typical school that requires a lot of structure to be able to yeah. achieve that. That's not conducive to type ones. To type one, yeah. And right now my daughter, is, she's eight, so school is really fun still, but as she goes along at me, I've got to work on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She may go, I don't like that class. You know, right. and it depends on her bigger vision of what she wants to do, and that's the thing. Like Jenny, my type one daughter knew, I you know I don't like certain classes, but I got to just pull it off. And, and yet she didn't. We didn't hold that over her, and nor did she. You know, I had to really support her and saying that's good enough. That's yeah. good enough because you got to look at the bigger picture here. You just got to do that class because of where this is taking you. And now Mario's going back to college and. He's learning how to work it, so it's like I just got to do my. I got to get this one done because uh-huh. it's not really, you know, that important that I get an A in it. I just but I'm required to take it, and then the ones yeah. that he loves, he does really well in. Excels in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a variety. There's a type ones. You know, as you know, you need you need variety. Yeah. If it all looks the same, it gets pretty boring. Right. And so some, the you know, that's it. just a good point. Parents of type 1 kids that are getting different grades in different classes, they may be doing it just to keep it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Say, I don't want to do the same thing in every class. Old. <laughs> that's so boring. <laughs> yeah. Come on, we got to keep this interesting. And the fact that I'm keeping you guessing, you know, as the parent, like the kids right. be like, a lot of this is subconscious in kids, you know. They're not waking up in the day going. It's just their this energy is so compelling in them, you know. It's not like they this is all thought out. It's just what the energetics that move through them that influence their choices. Okay. That are so powerful. All right. Well, I've wondered that from the time I found out I was a type one. I'm like, how did I get straight A's? But I, I mean, I it was a lot of work for me. It was. Yeah, I'm wondering, too, it would be interesting to ask yourself, what do you hold yourself back from now that you'd like to pursue in life? Because you think you have to do it so perfectly. Mm. And you don't let yourself do it because you're like, oh, I don't want to have because it's uh, overwhelming. Yeah, there's a lot. Because you have that chance still. (laughs) What's that? There's a lot of that, actually. I think, and I have a secondary four, so sometimes my four steps in and says, no, you can't do that perfectly, so don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, see, I think my impression of you is, just what I'm picking up on, talking to you, is you don't do everything that you'd like to do because you have a set standard that you've got to match. It's like, you need to tear that up. You need to burn that. It's like, throw that that one away. Okay. Oh, really? Because you're not having as much fun as you're meant to have. Yes, that is very true. I think true in your parenting, too. Yes. Well, I find myself sometimes I'm like, do I really have to make a game out of this for her? And I'm and I'm like, I should want to make a game out of this for her. I'm a one. But I I hold back because yeah. I'm like, oh. You're raising yourself. This is awesome. <laughs> I am. <laughs> She's teaching me so much. Get, I, never, I didn't get myself in my family, but a lot of parents get their own type. And I'm like... That's awesome. You get to raise yourself. Yes. You know, and see and what do you it better, do right? differently. <laughs> yes. Anyway, thanks for calling in. Thanks, Appreciate Carol. It. All right. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for today's show. Um, I'm really excited to be with you again next week. I've had to take a couple weeks off, um, so I've been doing shows every other week, as many of you have known. I've not been here every week, but I will be back next week. I'm excited for next week's show. And I hope everyone that's listening will um, continue to write in with your stories, your questions. Please take time to call into the live show. I love the fact that I can help you from the many things I've learned through the years, through my parenting experience, and just through life in general. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a support to you. I'll talk to you next week. For more information on Carol's revolutionary energy profiling system and her natural healing methods, go online to Carol's blog at www.thecarolblog.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking energy profiling book 
It's Just My Nature, and her best-selling energy healing book, Remembering Wholeness. That's www.thecarolblog.com for all of Carol Tuttle's amazing resources. To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Better Parenting Show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being part of today's show. Thank you.